0: This is a special feature from Overdrive. And now, here's our
1: broadcast. Hi, I'm Todd Dills. There's quite a lot to come out of this past week's Motor Carrier Safety Advisory Committee meeting in Alexandria, Virginia, just outside of D.C., and if not the least of it all was a recognition of a dynamic that OIDA's Todd Spencer pointed out to committee members during discussion of the Fair Labor Standards Act and overtime pay requirements. As you well know, those requirements of employers don't apply to interstate company drivers, nor do minimum wage protections. Amalgamated transit union President Bruce Hamilton had the prior day offered fair labor reform to remove the exemption from overtime and also establish a minimum, quote, safe rate for drivers. Spencer didn't have a lot to say about the idea on day one, but during day two, as some committee members questioned it, he defended it. He described the, quote, original thinking behind the overtime exemption. The departments of Labor and Transportation, quote, didn't want workers with incentives to work more overtime hours, he said. Today, however, technologies are all about maximizing productivity. The 40-hour work week went away for drivers a long time ago, and the technologies that many larger carriers, he said, are not bashful about using as productivity enhancers also encourage others to waste driver's time. The broader issue of not placing any value on a driver's time costs trucking billions and society even more. Finally, he noted, it all costs the loss of safe and experienced drivers that no longer want any part of a lifestyle that is based on income that has been stagnant for years and years. And, Spencer said, yes... We'll have to go through Congress, and yes, it won't be an easy sell. But it's the right thing to do for the future of the driver workforce and for the future of highway safety. That argument, enhancing safety among drivers, will be as much about doing anything to increase the baseline income of drivers as anything else—training, technology, and etc. That argument, uh, the owner-operators might not benefit from such directly. Spencer seemed to recognize another owner-operator's argument that you may remember related to FLSA uh, Fair Labor Reform it comes from a Washington State based owner operator Joe Ammons. He's been circulating a petition to reform the FLSA the Fair Labor Standards Act for company drivers for you know, almost a couple of years now. In any case, the point of view wasn't heard much more throughout the two-day full committee meeting, but it did come up finally again when Rich Wilson of T- TCRG Consulting took the mic during the final public comment period Wednesday. Wilson you'll be familiar with if you're a reader of Overdrive. He's a great resource for compliance matters, and the former owner-operator has a real passion for the trucking business, sees things often from a driver's perspective. I'll say that at these meetings, the public seating section of the room is often filled with less uh, cross-section of U.S. humanity than it is something of a waiting ground for those with direct connections to committee members or a financial stake in the proceedings. Folks from associations, FMCSA support staff, vendors with a business stake in what's being discussed. Though I've seen at least a couple drivers show up from time to time to speak their piece, it's been exceedingly rare, frankly. Rich Wilson is an exception. He's been a champion of the idea of drivers getting there, too. He shows up because he wants the point of view to be known in addition to that of his compliance consultant side. Talking to drivers, he'll occasionally paint the picture of the however million CDL holders there are actually showing up in Moss to deliver a message there. It's not exactly feasible to get to the D.C. meetings for most for obvious reasons, but this time around I managed to get Wilson's own comment on audio and thought I'd end this podcast out with it. As it moves through thoughts similar to Spencer's and even more directly. If you've got a thought on it all, call 530 40 voice, leave your name and location, and tell us. That's 530-408-6423 to speak your piece. And I'll be writing more about what went on at the meeting through the weeks coming up. But for now, here's that commentary from Wilson. Enjoy it. February the 12th, 2014, it's
0: 234 This concludes the meeting of the CSA Subcommittee of the Mix Act of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. We will now go to the public comment period. Uh, We have one person who is registered to make a public comment, Rich Wilson. Rich, would you please come to the microphone and state your name, spell your last name, and state your affiliation. Thank you.
1: Rich Wilson,
0: W-A-L-S-O-N, CEO and President, TCRG Consulting. Um, in my business, I do a lot with uh, some bus companies, mid-sized, much smaller than yours, um, with uh, medium-sized trucking companies, and bringing into compliance. And one of the things I'm finding out in studying my own studies with accident crash causation with my clients is everything you all describe plus... The availability of inexperienced drivers we are filling seats with drivers right now that are not qualified and not trained properly to operate in weather conditions as we all know right now and finding themselves getting into deep problems my carriers are calling leah because of the fault no fault we're not going to go into that we all know how that's working but the problem of it is they're getting crash numbers against them When they're sitting in traffic and cars start smashing into them in the bad weather and they're getting two or three accidents off the same accident because different reports by different officers. And the cars are getting towed. I had one client the other day, a guy ran into his trailer tire, cracked his bumper, the police arrested him for DUI, towed his car and we got a recordable accident. I mean, it would not even a smudge on the truck tire. So guess what? You work with Nestle, Ross, and Purina? I used to work with Mark Ford, Pet Poultry. We sold a lot of meat to you people. We had a lot of trucks in Allentown. <laughs> hit tears over the years. <laughs> um, but we've got shippers, and I'm sure I know the quality of your people. You check your carriers. And I've got guys with 10 or 15 trucks that are really basically... Competing in a market they have no control of that's costing them business and costing the drivers jobs. And our drivers are not going in or not staying in the our qualified expert drivers that we can trust on these roads are leaving. They're leaving this industry. It's not worth it. It's not worth them out there being told by their trucking companies. I don't care what the weather is. You've got this many hours. This many hours. you utilize every one of them. Do we reward a driver for pulling into the rest area and admitting he's fatigue? No, we label him on a DAC report as uncooperative and not a team player. That 30-year experienced driver want to stay in this industry? He goes to another job And some miscellaneous DAC report Says whatever it wants to say, and it's a subscribed service, so the subscriber can say anything. And you got one driver going up against a multi 19,000 truck fleet and saying, No, I didn't do that. And they're becoming unhireable. I know guys right now that can't get a job because they told the company they were going to work for, or they were working for, I'm not driving the truck because CSA makes me accountable. And they were fired. We're holding drivers and companies accountable. Who else are we holding accountable? The officers writing it? Followed a data queue, No action taken. Evidence. I mean, i got a bus company that just they gave them a ticket in New Jersey because the scotchlight on a 2012 international bus didn't have the NHTSA safety numbers on the tape. The whole bus is scotchlighted. But it didn't meet their standards because there wasn't four numbers. International probably buys that tape by 10,000 yards. It might be a number in the beginning on one and one number on the other. That is the kind of stuff that now, violation of not having, understand. The violation of having, getting a violation because it's on there but there just isn't a manufacturer stamp. I understand it's bus, I understand what we're going through with the bus problems. And we're doing a lot to improve it. And I'm 100% behind it. I think there are some people out there that are a little bit overzealous. And a standard needs to be set. And I, I've heard uh, so much good in the last two days of this committee and the other one. Positive things. You're looking in a positive direction. Input from drivers is starting to reach this level. 700,000 plus registered DMT companies means there's a heck of a lot of drivers and more drivers than there are people in these committees that you all represent in our industry. We need to get more input from some of our drivers. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, Is there anyone else in the public section who would like to make a statement this time? The comment period will be closed.